And we're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting in verse um, 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You guys go ahead and grab a seat. Um, well, uh, man, uh, my name is Nick. If we haven't had the pleasure of meeting, I'm the student and associate minister here at the Creek, and I am so glad that um, I get the opportunity to preach this morning. Um, if you came in um, after the, the name plaque uh, went away, the guy who was up here earlier, his name was R.C., he's our campus pastor, and, and I am so thankful that he gives me an opportunity to preach um, if, if you're new here, if you uh, weren't here last time I got to preach, I just want to let you know, R.C. loves you. I mean, he loves preaching and teaching and equipping you with the word every week. And so for him to give somebody else an opportunity is a big deal. And so I'm incredibly grateful um, for that. Um, if, if you don't know, I've been married uh, to my wife, Bethany, for about a year and a half at this point. Um, we dated for about two and a half years before that. And let me tell you, from the moment that I met Bethany, um, and from the moment that I told her my feelings for her, let me tell you, I was smitten. Uh, and I loved that woman. I, I knew um, from just confirmation from the Lord that I was going to marry her. And I knew that way before she knew that. Let me just go ahead and tell you. Um, and so um, we'd been dating for about nine months and we're hanging out and, and we're talking and we're talking about our feelings or she's listening and I'm telling her my feelings because I'm a words person and she's not. And I look at her and I go, Bethany, I love you. And I've loved you since I told you that I liked you. And let me tell you, the silence in the room was deafening. Um, I, I promise you could have heard a pin drop. Bethany um, didn't want to use the word love flippantly. And about eight months later is when she told me that she loved me. But I continued to pursue. I continued to go after her because I knew that I loved her. And I knew that she loved me, not because the words that she said, but because the actions that she showed me. But she didn't want to use the word flippantly. The word love in our culture and our and today, that word is used so flippantly. And as we exit out of 2023 and we, we move into 2024, this is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the love that we should have for the Lord. The passage that we just read, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 6, man, that is the passage that Jesus uses and says that all of the commandments, all, of the, all the law can be summed up into this passage that's what Jesus says in the book of Matthew. In this passage that we read, man, it's, it, we don't need to spend so much time on the heart, soul, and might as, in if, as if these words are, are meaning something particular. But what we need to realize is that these words, as, as the author of this book is, is, is writing this, is these words, as, as God is proclaiming this, these words are to be how our life should look. We should love God with everything that we have. The greatest thing that we can do is to love God with everything, all of our stuff, every part of who we are, what we say, what we think, what we do. And this should be how we love the Lord. And today, as we exit 2023 and we move into 2024, there's three truths 
that I want us to see. To love God is to honor him. To love God is to desire him. And to love God is to obey him. Truth number one is to love God. To love God is to honor him. But to honor him, we must first know who he is. So who is God? God is the one, the the one who stands above all of creation as the, the uncreated being. And he is the ruler and king of all of creation. There is a reason why that verses 5 and 6 precede verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The Lord is God, and he is one. We are to worship him for who he is. He is to be our only source of worship. We are to worship him and him alone. We cannot and we must not worship other things. God is one. He exists as the Father and as the Son and as the Holy Spirit. He is one. There's not three gods. There is not one God with different expressions. He is not like ice and water and gas. He is not like head, heart, and hands. Man, he is unlike anything you or I could ever imagine. He is perfectly one in three persons. So why do we talk about this as we talk about how we are to love God? Why do we bring in this this doctrine of the Trinity? Because we have to first know who God is before we worship him fully. Another way to say this is God is one what and three who's. You and I are one what and one who. God is completely different. And we go into all of this because if we're going to love God, we have to honor all of him. We have to honor God the Father. We have to honor God the Son. We have to honor God the Holy Spirit because he is one God in three persons. When we come together, when we, when we worship him, we should offer our worship to all of him, Father, Son, and Spirit. Each member of the Godhead is worthy to be worshiped. To not worship all three of them all three of them is to dishonor all of them. So how do we honor God? We move closer to him. There's this place in Sparta, Tennessee called Virgin Falls. It's one of my favorite places to go backpacking. It's a, an, an in and out trail. So, mean, so that means however long it takes you to get in is how long it takes you to get out. Um, and so it's about four miles in, four miles out. And I love this trail because at the very end of the trail are these, are, is this waterfall. And let me tell you, this waterfall is incredible. As you begin to hike in, you get about two miles in, and you can begin, if you stand still, and it's a nice, crisp fall day, you can begin to hear the falls. Like, two miles away from the falls, you can begin to hear the falls. And as you continue to walk in, the falls get louder and louder, until all of a sudden, you round this bend, and there they are, the falls in all of their awe and wonder, and they're, they're coming off, they're cascading off of this rock face about 150 feet high, and they fall into this sinkhole in the ground. Now, I could have stopped halfway through the hike when I first heard the falls, and I could have said, you know what, I've heard the falls I'm good. 
And I could have turned around and gone back. But if I had done that, I would have missed the, the grandeur of the falls. I would have missed the, 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 the feeling of awe that the falls inspired in church. This is the same way of we view God. If we don't grow closer to him, if we do not get closer to him, we will miss the grandeur of the Lord. We will miss the awe-inspiringness of the Lord. We will miss all of him if we do not grow closer to him. And we grow, as we grow closer to him, this is how we honor him. Because we view him as bigger, as more weighty. And we do this by moving closer to him. It changes our perspective. One of the ways that we move closer to the Lord is by committing to the gathering. By committing to being here every week and sitting under the word teached. By being here every week and listening to the people around us praise the creator of all things. This is how we begin to grow closer to the Lord. And the closer we get to him, the bigger he gets, which allows us to love him more by honoring him more and more, we do this by growing closer to the Lord. To love God is to honor him. And truth number two, to love God is to desire him. We love God by desiring him more than anything else. Psalm 27, 4 is a psalm of David, and it reads like this. One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. David here does not sound like a man of duty or obligation. He's, he's not man, seeking after the Lord out of obligation. He's not dwelling in the house of the Lord out of obligation. He's not, doing these, he's not gazing upon the beauty of the Lord out of duty. He's doing these things because he desires the Lord. To honor God is to desire the Lord. And what we see in this psalm is that David honors the Lord. And many times, this is not how we approach the Lord. Many a times, we approach the Lord out of duty. Out of, I have to do this. And this is not loving. Man, guys, imagine it's your anniversary. Kids, imagine it's Mother's Day. You go to Publix, and just so you know, unless it's a national holiday, Publix has the cheapest flowers. Just, just throwing that out there. You go to Publix, and you grab some flowers, and you, you want to take them home, and you want to surprise your wife for your anniversary. You want to surprise your mom for Mother's Day. And you know that she's at home, and you know that she's not expecting anybody to come and knock on the door. And so you come, and you knock on the door. And as she, she comes to the door, you open it, and you yell, man, wife, happy anniversary. Mom, happy Mother's Day, and you hand her the flowers, and, and she looks at you, and she says, oh, honey, you didn't have to do that, and you were to look at her and go, no, I'm your husband. No, I'm, I'm your son or your daughter. I have to do it. It is my responsibility. That is not loving. That is doing something out of duty. That is doing something not out of desire. That is not doing something out of love overflowing. That's doing something out of, I don't want to have an argument later. Church, to love God is to desire him. To desire him means to do so out of an overflowing of love 
in our heart and to desire him is to love him. We express our love for God by desiring him more than anything else. Spurgeon said that our outward observances are temporarily comfortable, meaning the things that we do just out of the blue. Eye and ear are pleased, self-conceit is fed, and self-righteousness is puffed up, but they are ultimately delusive. For in the face of death and at the day of judgment, the soul needs something more substantial than ceremonies and rituals to lean upon. Apart from vital godliness, all religion is utterly vain, offered without a sincere heart. Every form of worship is a solemn sham and an an impudent mockery of the majesty of heaven. Basically, what Spurgeon is saying here is imagine if out of obligation, we all acted right. Imagine if we obeyed laws, did good deeds, helped each other, went to church, took of the Lord's Supper, gave generously. We even raised our children in the church and we did it all out of obligation and not out of desire. Man, not out of a desire, not out of a love for the Lord. Satan would love it because that's exactly where he wants you to be, doing things out of obligation instead of out of relationship. Satan would love it. And unless we do these things out of a relationship with Christ and love with Christ, it is all for nothing. It is an impudent mockery of the majesty of God and of heaven. John Piper goes on to say that contending for the faith is necessary. Discerning truth from error is good. Holiness is worth fighting for. But woe to us if we lose our love. All of those things are good. Fighting for the truth and contending for holiness. Discerning the truth. Fighting for the faith. They're all Good, but if they're all done out of an obligation instead of out of a desire, it is all for nothing. And if this is something that you struggle with, if you struggle with duty over desire, I want to encourage you to pray. Prayer changes our heart's desires. Prayer sets us, transforms us. And I want to encourage you to set aside at time each day to pray and ask the Lord to change the desires of your heart, to change you to desire him more than anything else. And as a litmus test, I want to encourage you when you think about what you think about when you have nothing else to think about. Or when you're laying at at home in bed at night and, and all of the house is quiet, what is it that comes to mind? Is it the things of the Lord? Or is it, I'm going to do this? But our mindset in that moment, when there's nothing else to think about, can show us what our true heart's desire is. Do we desire the creator of everything? We desire whatever we can do next. I've heard it said this way, that prayerlessness is pridefulness. Every time we decide not to pray, it's like us making a declaration that God, that I don't need God's help. Every time we decide that I can do this on my own, 
It's us proclaiming to the creator of everything. I do not need your help. I can do this on my own. Church, to love God is to honor him. To love God is to desire him. And truth number three, to love God is to obey him. Desiring and loving Jesus are synonymous with each other. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. John 14, 21 says, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. What does it mean to obey? To obey means to fight sin, to choose God over our sin. Well, how do we do this? We practice the spiritual disciplines. We we pray and ask the Lord to give us the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. We confess our sins to others. We ask for forgiveness. We flee sexual immorality. We live a life that is upright and pleasing to the God of heaven, and we pursue holiness. But we do so out of desire, not out of duty. Sin separates us from God. It causes us to love God less. It causes us to begin to lose our love for God. And let me encourage you, if you are currently living in sin, God's love for you has not changed. Your love for him has. How do I know this? Because if it was up to us, if it was us up to our love for God, for God to love us, then there would be no need for Jesus. Jesus is the proclamation that God's love for you never changes. What it was in the beginning, it is today, and it will be in the end. Sin does not dim God's love for us. It dims our love for God. The light switch in my living room is connected to a dimmer. And every time um, that I sin, it's like me going over and consciously sliding the dimmer down, making the room darker. I choose that. I choose to make the room darker. I make the decision whether or not I'm going to sin. And just like I make the decision whether or not to to slide the dimmer switch up or down, the more I give into my sinful desires, the more I I consciously choose to grow farther away from God and the dimmer my affection for Jesus grows. But when I decide to love Jesus, to, to follow after him, to seek him and to obey him, it's like moving the switch up. It's being made more into the image of God. This is why God invites us to confess our sin to him. This is why God asks us, God invites us to be restored and to be forgiven. God designed your heart to cherish him more than anything else. And if you are, are far away and God is like the, product, the, the, the father in the story of the prodigal son. He is waiting for you to come home with his arms wide open to give you the best dress, to give you the fattened calf, to give you everything that you need to follow him. God is willing and waiting to give you. But we have to decide, am I going to obey the Lord? We do not do so by sitting by and passively doing 
nothing. We have an active responsibility in obeying the Lord. We have to be serious about listening to what he says, setting up accountability, and actually obeying the things that he has commanded us to do. And as we sit here and we're on the cusp of a new year, and we're reflecting back on the last year, we were reflecting back on the last few years as we talk about this idea of love and it not growing dim and, and it not fading. You might be sitting in that seat and you're going, my love for the Lord has faded. I want to encourage you. Follow the Lord. Spend time in his word and worship the him fully, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you as we move into 2024 to not let your love grow cold, to fan into flame the love the Lord has given you again. One way we grow in obedience and a true relationship with the Lord is by spending time in his word. I want to encourage you as, as we're on December 31st, as we move into this new year, if you haven't already, then go and choose a, a, a scripture reading plan to read from. There are 19, I, I went and I counted as I was writing this, there's 19 different reading plans that are available for you to look at and to download on the website. 19 of them. And you, you got your choice. You can study through the entirety of the Bible in a year. You can go chronologically over two years. You can study just the Old Testament or just the New Testament. Or you can study the book of Matthew for the entire year of 2024. There's plans there. I want to encourage you and to go and figure out and choose today, before you go do any New Year's Eve stuff, go and choose which plan that you're going to go through. Man, commit to spending time in the Word. And not only commit to spending time in the word by yourself. Commit to spending time in the word in a group. And our groups, they choose a reading plan to go through. And find a reading plan as a group. Go through it together. Hold each other accountable. This is what it means to be a part of the body. And we hold each other accountable to the things that God has commanded us to do. Read the Bible every day. And if you miss a day, it's okay. Start again the next day. If you have children, read with your children. If you are married, read with your wife. Listen to it on the way to work. And we have so much at the palm of our hand. We can listen to scripture as we drive. We can listen to sermons being preached over us as we drive. We can listen to songs that are proclaiming the gospel to us and proclaiming the word to us as we drive. Do so. Read it during lunch. R.C. Sproul said that a heart cannot love what the mind does not know. And if the mind does not know the word of God, it will not love God. Church, it is a command that we read scripture. It is commitment to the word is commanded by God. Look at the rest of the passage, verses 7 through, um, through 9. It says that you shall teach them diligently to your children the things that the Lord has commanded Moses to, to, to tell the Israelites, you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and that shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. This is why we do family worship. 
Because we pour it over our children. This is why it's important for you to commit to being here every Sunday. Because your children, if they're sitting in this room, they're looking at you and they're watching you worship the Savior of the universe. We don't do it perfectly, but we commit to doing it. That's why this is so important. Because our our love of the word, we do not grow in this overnight. We grow in this by taking steps of faith daily to spend time in the word and to grow in obedience to the word and to grow in love of the Lord and to grow in desire of the Lord. And we do this by doing exactly what this passage says. When we spend time in the word, when we wake up in the morning. And when we're in the car, we listen to the word. We bind it on our eyes as frontlets. It's all that we see. When we sit at the table after a long day, we talk about what did we read in the word? What did the Lord teach us in the morning? We should wear it as if it's a jewelry that we take great pride in. It should be prominently displayed in our lives. I want to be very clear. This is not something that is natural to us. Because we have been infected with sin, this is not something that is natural to us. This is a discipline that we have to cultivate in our lives. We have to train up this discipline so that when I don't desire to spend time in the Word, the discipline that I have cultivated and trained points me to the Word because of how important it is. Man, let me tell you, there's many mornings, especially now that uh, I have a young daughter that keeps me up a lot during the night that I don't desire the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning to read the Word. And there's many mornings where I fail. But what I have to do is I have to train my heart. I have to discipline myself to spend time in the Word because I know the importance of it. Do you know the importance of the Word? God's Word is powerful. It's the weapon that we use to put sin to death and resist temptation. When we spend time in God's word, it's where we go to drink deeply of his goodness and his mercy and his grace toward us. Without this book, without the word of God, we do not know that the sin in which we are infected with and the Savior in which we need. This right here shows us daily that we are sinners separated from God and we need a perfect Savior. This is the word is where we look and learn to live and follow after Jesus, to trust him with the entirety of our life, to repent and trust, trust in him and the this, the. Uh, the sufficiency of his blood of the, of, on the cross for our life. I want to encourage you. Devote yourself to the word in 2024. In a year's time, if you are serious, if, if you devote yourself to the word in a year's time, the grasp that you will have on the gospel and the desire that you will have to love the Lord will be immeasurable. Fall more deeply in love with him. Church, I pray that we are a people who love the Lord with every part of who we are, just like Deuteronomy chapter 6 tells us. That we honor him, that we desire him, and that we obey him so that we may grow in love for him. Uh, in just a minute, I'm going to pray, and, and after I pray, and after um, the band um, uh, sings, there's going to be some deacons that are up here. 
And if, if you want, have questions or if you want to talk to somebody about what does it mean to devote myself to the Lord, devote myself to the Word, what does it mean to, to have this relationship with Jesus, I encourage you come up here and talk to, to one of these deacons. Or you can come and talk to RC or I at, at the back in the, in the connection corner. But I want to encourage you in church, devote yourself to the Word. And do not let your love grow cold. Doing things out of obligation is all for nothing unless there is desire to love the Lord in it. Let me pray for us. Father, we love you. Father, we love your word. Father, I'm thankful that um, your word has been breathed out by you. That is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Father, I pray that in 2024, we would be a people who love your word. I pray that we would be a people who spend time devoted to you and devoted to your words. We may grow more devoted to you. Father, thank you for loving us, a people who who do so often not love you. In Christ's name I pray, amen.